This is our Everest. Greetings, culture vultures, and welcome to This Is Our Everest, a podcast where we watch old television because it's there. Ahoy hoy. I'm very hungover. Uh, yeah, I, but you are. <laughs> I'm I am. Not, I'm not. He said, he said no. let's have a night off last night. Yeah. So we had a night off, and he ended up in the street drinking special brew. And I'm not even... <laughs> that's not even I, I a wish- lie. I wish it were a lie. That's not even a lie. It's so much of a cliche that you can't believe it's true. But there we are. I am 40 years old. You are 40 years old, yeah. Today's episode is The Two of Us. This is a sitcom that aired on ITV, I believe. Yeah. Uh, 14th of January 1990. This is the fourth and final season of the two of us. Yes. Um, it's such a peculiar premise. It is, I mean, it is a sitcom about two people who live together. Yeah, you know, but they're not married. They're not married. They're in a relationship, but they're not married. That was the, the thrust. That's the, yeah, which, the premise. at the time, was still considered to be controversial in some quarters. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> it, I found it surprising. I have to say that it was controversial, and you know, and I speak as somebody who was a teenager when this was being made, you know, being put out. The first series you said was what eighty six, some uh, sometime around then, yeah, yeah. eighty six or eighty seven. So I was, you know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years old. I don't recall there being a fuss, but I'm willing to accept that there was. You know, I'm not Donald Trump about this. Uh, I will accept that that, that was the case. Um, I doubt... It certainly wasn't by 1990. Well, uh, above all else, in 1990, for the fourth season, mm. there'd been a big, a big change, which was that they got... unseen between seasons three and four they got married yeah so you know so and the whole the whole thrust of the last season was going to be the, the more traditional married couple go about trying to start a family although there's very little of that on display here in this this was the season opening episode okay well what this is this program is a basic 70s sitcom transplanted to the mid to late 1980s and by this time it's the 1990s although if it was shown early in 1990 it would have been recorded obviously the year before yeah Um, 14th of january i don't know whether it's patronizing to say that this is a nicholas lindhurst vehicle because i'm not certain that it is but if it isn't it's a um, it's a vehicle for both the characters. I think probably f- it was fundamentally a Nicholas Lindhurst vehicle. I mean, he was going to be a big draw in 1986, 1987. 
Nicholas Lindhurst is big well, box yeah, office. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you're, you're, we're starting to approach peak only fools and horses era, which kind yeah. of comes to go on until, you know, those massive Christmas specials. But this feels like something very peculiar indeed, almost like a play. And the reason for that is that in the entire episode, there are only four speaking characters. It's yes. very, very... And that makes it very, very odd. I actually um, noted that they are 12 and a half minutes into a 23-minute episode. Because obviously it'll be a half-hour episode and then you have to account for advert breaks. So, 23 yeah, minutes. Yeah. And it's more than halfway through before a third character appears. And it's not even explained in the first episode of the series who he is. No, to, in fact, I had to Google it. it. It's uh, it's his grandfather, yeah, Ashley Nicholas Lindhurst character's grandfather. In the first season, he was played by Patrick Trout. I know, I saw that, and I, <laughs> I thought. Because I thought Patrick Troughton was really, really old, and it was only after I after I saw that he was only he was sixty seven when he died that I realised that actually I was thinking of William Hartnell. <laughs> I'm not yeah, a massive that, Doctor Who fan, really. Big, big mistake. Um, this, I um, actually I hadn't considered that, but it is true. It was basically a a, a twos up play. It was sort of. Waiting for Godot. It's very strange. And the other very strange thing was that the halfway point in it was 17 and a half minutes in. Also very unusual. It wasn't equally divided. The first... Uh, I, I was like, has there been an advert break? I don't know, maybe there won't be an advert break. But I was actually, you know, sitting, watching it, taking notes. I wasn't distracted and doing something else or anything like that. It had my full attention. And then the advert bloke finally appeared. And I was like, there's only six and a half minutes left of this video. And so I scrolled to the end of it. And of course, it was the, it was the closing credits. <laughs> and uh, yeah. that's very, yeah. very strange. Yeah, so yeah, I've got written down here. The first half is 18 minutes long. So I, do, I think yeah. it was somewhere between 17 and a half and 18 minutes. And as regard other characters, there are the other characters that are part of this show but were not featured today uh were nicholas lindhurst's mother and father okay um and a friend of theirs whose name was karen uh, as far as i can tell from the wikipedia page there was never really any sign of janet dibley's character elaine's family at all yeah that's, I mean, um, you know, I, we could be missing something out. The Wikipedia page could be wrong, believe it or not. But, what? Um, but it's it's just so curious. And then after, you know, you've got your head around that. It's got an opening title music that sounds like it should be for like this morning or something. Like daytime TV, piece of squelchy music. And I was like... Hmm. Hang on a minute. Why didn't you use the song that is the title of this program? Why didn't you just use 
Just the two of us. I mean, it is, uh, technically speaking, it's like a Muzak version yeah. of it, isn't it? No, I mean, I literally assumed that they would just play the funky version of it. Um, the music was by, by the way, uh, Rod Argent okay. uh, of The Zombies. Yeah. Uh, and who wrote God Gave Rock and Roll to You. <laughs> you know that song out of the Wayne's World? I do. Out of Wayne's World? Yeah, or yeah. Wayne's World 2, or whichever one it is. Um, and Peter Van Hook, who is not a Dutch Peter Hook tribute act, <laughs> before you start. Uh, he was actually, previously, amongst many other things, a producer. He was a drummer. And he was Va- uh, Van Morrison's drummer for, for about five years and three albums. Okay. So those two were behind the music. Why don't you just play... The original fucking song. Just play that. I don't. I don't, I don't understand. Well, it. I mean, there was. It was. It was very of its time, wasn't it? Mm. Maybe they suggested that they wanted to do that, and they went, huh, "The original song. Come on, get with the times, Daddy O. It's all about synth pop Muzak versions of the original song." Well, I don't know. I mean, I you know, I, I was just appalled. <laughs> um, our. our a semi-regular feature on this podcast is how old. I wonder whether or not you had looked into how old all of the uh, main participants were. No, I had not. I I was I did think about it. Yeah. Um. And obviously, the the first thing there is um that you can trace Nicholas Lindhurst's age back. I mean, he must have been, what, 23, 24 when he was in only first in Only Fools and Horses. So probably about 18 when he did Butterflies. And I think Butterflies started in 77 or 78, which would put his year of birth at around about 1960. We're doing some maths here yeah. now. Like- so I reckon he's probably 30-odd and she's probably a bit younger. 27, well, 28. in fact, you're not far off. Nicholas Lindhurst was 28. I was. What did you mean, not far off? I was exactly right. He was 29. Um, the the year in, in 1990. Yeah. Um, Janet Dibley was actually a little bit older. Oh, was she? she was yeah, 31. Okay. Oh, very. Um, I mean, obviously, they both look 55. My biggest issue, and al- although, as you quite rightly point out it didn't come up in this episode is that the person who played um nicholas linder's father in this paul mcdowell mm. was 58 and tenny elevens who was the granddad oh Perth, yes yeah yeah was only 63 interesting so yeah, yeah. Probably for the best that they didn't have any screen time together because um, I don't think anyone's going to buy that. Yeah, well, I mean, they just would have olded one of them up. In any case, it doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, I I always think people get a little bit unnecessarily animated about this sort of thing. They are, after all, acting. It is true. None of this is real. Yeah, one of them could be acting the age that he is and the other one could be acting somebody considerably older. Yeah, no, no, it's not be, and it's weird. It's you know, it's it's one of those things that turns up on social media sometimes. It's very strange, and people get so confused by it. So strange. 
a potted summary of the plot of this episode. Ashley has found a mobile phone mm-hmm. at a petrol station, yeah. which sometime that evening rings and they answer it. And there's um, some shady sounding character on the end giving out jobs. Upon closer investigation, it seems that they have uncovered a car theft ring. Push comes to shove, uh, and as they watch more and more high-end cars being stolen by the high-performance mob, which is a great name for a, a car theft gang. Yep. Eventually, high-performance Harry turns up to claim his phone. Yeah. And is, in fact, a very meek, slight, softly spoken man who runs a uh, company that helps people who've locked themselves out of their cars. But, of course, he doesn't. He's actually a, a leader of a car theft ring. Mm. And the the police are now, hilariously enough, on the lookout for a young couple who've been seen at the uh, scene of each of the last three crimes. So there you go. Two yeah. CV. That's that's basically it. I don't need a portable phone stuffed down my underpants to prove I'm a big success. I certainly wouldn't ring you if you did. No, <laughs> oh, these status symbols mean nothing to me. It's people with nothing to say phoning up people with nothing better to do than to listen to them. Look, it's going to take me a while to cook the meal. Why don't you take it down to the police station? No, I'll do it tomorrow. It won't hurt them to be disconnected for one night, will it? I mean, it starts off with them getting kind of nervous about maybe phoning somebody abroad, taking advantage of the phone, because she wants him to just dob it into the police, and he, for inexplicable reasons, he does not explain himself, <laughs> wants to keep hold of it. Um... Mm. And so they think about calling Australia. And yeah. so I thought about, oh, what would the cost of that be then? Okay. So I looked it up. Um, at a point in the 1980s, and I think it was probably mid to late, I would have said 86, 87, maybe a little bit earlier. It cost £2.47 to call Australia for three minutes. If you okay. did so between midnight and 7am, or 2.30pm and 7.30pm. A pound in 1986, fucking money programme now is, <laughs> £2.49 now. Okay. So a three minute call in today's money would cost you the princely sum of £6.15. Yeah. For a three minute Telephone call. I don't, I don't even in, know who in, they were going to call yeah, in Australia. In the middle of the night or the middle <laughs> of the afternoon. At no other time. Christ knows what it was afterwards. Because they're, you know, they're pushing. This is a great deal. Well, yeah. So, um, obviously there's no screen on this 1989 mobile phone. So, there's no caller ID. And, no. um, of course, the first people to phone up are after a Sierra Cosworth. Yeah. And uh, I've probably mentioned on this podcast already (laughs) that the Sierra Cosworth is the late 1980s 
armed robber's car of choice if they can fucking find one. If they if they've not, they'll probably be in an escort. Yeah. Every episode of Crime Watch, armed robbery, getaway car is a forty hour. Um, and and I'm not sure why she's indulging him in any way. You know, <laughs> if it's clear to him on his first instinct that this is dodgy, well, what he should probably fucking do is just take the phone to the police station and say, I found this phone. You that know? would be the more sensible course of events. It would have been better. Uh, yeah. It would have been better. Where, in fact, if what they did was they went out, watched somebody steal a white Sierra, and then, having gone through that, the next step is that they went round his grandfather's house and told him all about it. Yeah. Why? And why didn't his grandfather, who's yeah. banging some chick... Well, I think the, uh, she, he was distracted. Maybe he was distracted a, by the a, fact that it, he had some woman over. Yeah, a very bizarre, Joyce. bizarre subplot. Very bizarre subplot. Um, but he was quite easily inveigled. Yeah, um, and he to joined up, their surveillance committee. Yeah, he ends up going to one <laughs> with them, still <laughs> in his pajamas. Yeah, Joyce is a very lucky woman. Adam's opening the bonnet. He's not wearing the engine. See? Told you it's the high-performance mob. They've started it. Right, Elaine, put your seatbelt on. Purse, hold on in the back. Right, so what's he doing? Get in chase. Get in chase? It's a Rolls Royce. Don't you worry. I've brought my driving gloves. Can I use this phone to make a call, Ashley? I'm a bit worried about my cat. I might have woken up and found I'm not there, you see. i just ring it up and tell it I'm all right. How's a cat going to answer the phone? And all the while, they haven't mentioned who he is. No. He's just some old boy. They've gone round his house, told him about it, and now he's coming Told him, and I'm... Um, yeah, they, I mean, if you didn't know the characters, you'd think they've gone round an old boy's house... Yeah, he's having some kind of sexual tryst with a woman who he claims is his cat. Then he's gone out in a car with them yeah. to to surveil another car theft, and then they've driven all the way to Slough. Yeah, and a, to be honest a... with you, at this stage, the fact that he's got the mobile phone is theft. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, he can, I, guess so. I think he's past the point of saying, you know, because this isn't. Is, is all this happening in one night? Um, I'm I assuming think, it's over a course of days. I think it's probably the first. The first one would be the night that he found the phone. So that'll be the Sierra. Yeah. So the what? second one is probably the next night, isn't yeah. it? Where they yeah. have a Rolls Royce, and then they're out all night that night driving to Slough and back. Yeah, I, I think if he's had it three days, he's robbed it. So <laughs> what he's actually done there. Is yeah. not taken the phone to the police like any yeah. sane person would. Even if you were like, look, I didn't have time to bring it to the police station. I took it home, put it on the table. Somebody dialed it. They said this. And then go to the police. So the longer he leaves it, the more criminal his behaviour is getting. I tell you what, I'll hide behind the door. You hit him with a ketchup bottle. No, I tell you what, I'll hide behind the door with a big yellow streak down my back and we beg for mercy. How's that? <laughs> Why ever did you give him our address? 
Well, so he could collect his phone. Well, he should have got his address and we could have taken it round. Well, I thought you didn't want to go out again. <laughs> Why did they invite the car thief to their house? They knew after they'd seen him take free. Yeah. That this was somebody involved in some form of criminal acts. And then they well, get, yeah. they invited him to their house? Why didn't he call the police then and have them waiting for him? Yeah, he literally saw them do it. It goes it goes even further that down down the road of criminality, doesn't it? Because they were sort of standing there going, right, what are we going to do? And they, they, you know, they're waiting for Harry to ring the doorbell of their house, which mm. again, brilliant idea. Uh, and they're, they're they're thinking, right, what can we arm ourselves with? So you know, GBH is now on the table. Yeah, as well and, as everything else. Yeah, and he walks in, and just because he doesn't look like Ray Winston, <laughs> they assume, or what, you know, yeah. what's his name, Warren Hall. <laughs> just because he doesn't look like one of them, yeah. they automatically assume, oh, he can't be a car thief. He doesn't offer any evidence. No, that he's a twenty-four hour car unlocking service. And this is a very expensive device. He's just some bloke who's called the number. <laughs> They've got well, no idea. It's 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 wildly irresponsible. Maybe isn't that what sitcoms? I mean, I, I don't really know if it's still necessarily the case. But back in the nineteen nineties, weren't that was the the sitcoms stock in trade, wasn't it? People finding themselves in a largely believable situation but that wasn't a largely believable situation what no but finding finding a a phone was a largely believable situation i mean obviously mobile phones were very rare but i would argue in fact if you found a mobile phone in 1990 you'd go fucking hell that's weird not everyone's got one of these puppies if you find a mobile phone now you'd uh, hand it in Yes, and I did. Got I one. did, and I handed it in. Yeah. I didn't get involved in ridiculous, well, illegal capers. This is why your life isn't as much fun as Nicholas Lindhurst and <laughs> Janet Dibley's. This is how I ended up not going out um, drinking s- special brew on the streets yesterday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that you see now there. There is an example of how your life can turn into a sitcom. Um, completely by accident. Essentially, he's Gary Sparrow without the bigamy. Yeah, all I the mean, time travel. Yeah, yeah he's very, he's I very mean, committed to uh, Elaine, but at the same time, unless they have got co-ed jails, <laughs> because the way that they're going on, they're both going to get banged up for something eventually. Well, I don't know how. Um... quite sure how to put this mm, I'm not sure how compatible wow. <laughs> they are interesting <laughs> so you 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 don't buy Lint, the Lindhurst Dibley Union not particularly no but then again you know I'm very invested in Goodnight Sweetheart so <laughs> The, but what uh, the thing do? is, the, the, the thing is that this TV series, if you could imagine such a thing, 
Okay. This TV series is Goodnight Sweetheart without the wartime bit. Anyway. Yeah, without any took, of the hooks. Yeah, if you took all of that out, the whole lot out, and just had it as like their domestic lives, you replace the grandfather with... Um, what's his mate's name in it? Ron. With Ron. Uh, and there you go. You yeah, know, I, I bet so. he gets into scrapes where he has a pint too many and comes home drunk, just like Gary Sparrow. Well, I mean, it's it's almost worth, well, I say almost, it's almost worth watching other episodes to find out whether or not you're right. But I suspect that you're probably not far off the mark. I mean, it, it, isn't, it isn't bad, but at the same time, there is literally nothing to recommend it to anybody. No, no. Uh, you, you, I, 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 I think I agree with that. Um, I don't know whether all four series are on uh, YouTube. I know the the whole fourth one is. Yeah, but I've certainly um, found found a few episodes. This is the the un the unseen consequence of a project like this is that my YouTube recommendations now are absolutely 100% fully mental. It doesn't know what I like. I am punching the air. I don't know if YouTube knows who I am. I will be interested to know if YouTube knows who I am. And oh, I it fear knows. Yeah, I fear that that is correct. <laughs> this... I I can't remember exactly whose idea this ridiculous thing was, but I think we've been egging each other into it for years. I think it's it's organically arisen. You know, I'm not going to reveal all of our our secrets and what we're going to be doing, but I I will tell a story towards in the final episode of our daily run as to one of the the stopping points in, in our decision. But yeah, you are quite correct. We have basically <laughs> been engaged in one-upmanship with each other for a number of years now. Um, this is this is the final shoot. This is the, till yeah. one of us till one of us drops uh, sudden death. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, many episodes of Crime Watch have been have been absorbed. Um, many episodes of Air Crash Investigation. Many episodes oh, of all so all manner of things have yep. yeah, and it's. Now, as you say, this is end game. <laughs> the gloves, the, are, the off. gloves are off. The last, last man standing. And the result of it is that on a Friday evening, <laughs> I'm sitting here watching an episode of the fucking two of us from 1990, <laughs> wishing I was dead. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear. Right. I'm not actually. I'm. You know. I'm. I'm. It's, I'm coping with it just fine. Um, I kind of like. I kind of like everything I'm watching, even the really shit stuff. Yeah, I, um, I mean, actually, you know. that's that is, I think, fundamentally the problem with with both of us because yeah, I'm I'm essentially a televisual pervert. Yeah, we do it because at the end of the day, we like it. At the end of the day, if you send one of us to watch an episode of Don't Drink the Water. Yeah, they'll yeah. watch the whole series, and yeah. probably become a encyclopedic mastermind of yeah. all of the ins and outs. 
of the character. Yeah, or you, but you give me an episode of Game of Thrones, and I'll be playing with a phone within five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Nailed on. I just, I, I, I'm like, why should I care about these people? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not even real. Gary Sparrow, on the other hand, <laughs> Gary Sparrow, a time traveling bigamist. Yeah, time traveling bigamist who also steals music, musical plagiarist. <laughs> <laughs> time traveling plagiarist um, and counterfeiter yeah good thing bad thing and the <laughs> thing that's going to stay with you hmm good thing um uh have, am I allowed to say nothing because uh, yeah alright oh, oh, okay uh, no alright okay okay this is as tenuous as it's going to be um delighted to see uh my theory about Ford Sierra's of the, as the armed robber's car of the 1980s being further reinforced. Yep. There you go. There's a good thing. Yep. Okay. Um, bad thing is just, just why didn't he give the phone back? Why didn't he just take it to the police? Okay. The man's a fucking moron. Yep. Um, and then the thing that will stay with me is the fact that the first half of it was 18 minutes long and that no one else appeared for like the first 12 and a half minutes of it. Yeah, it's a very unusual um, choice. It's it was completely unbalanced, and I don't know whether that was deliberate or whether um, it it was just that the story was completely unbalanced, or they didn't want to break these two having the first twelve and a half minutes. Was it written into their contracts or something? <laughs> I have no idea, and. Uh, and that will live with me. That that's the sort. That is exactly the sort of thing that keeps me up at night. Yeah, I think the thing that that and, that and speed. Yeah, for me, the worst bit was definitely the limited range of the characters that we met. Because if I want to meet Ashley's mum, who I'm told is very overbearing and wants them to get married. Or yeah. the father who just wants an easy life and for everyone to shut yeah. up. I'm going to have yeah. to watch another episode. If I want to see yeah. Patrick Troughton be his, be the Barry Garrow. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to watch another episode. If I want to find out who Karen the friend is and whether or not she's a Karen, I'm going to have to watch you're another think- episode. And, and you're thinking about it. Yeah, and it, that annoys me because I don't want to you watch. See, another I'm not episode. going. I'm not going to because I just. I didn't get in any way invested in it. I was just sitting there thinking to myself, why are they doing this? The thing that I liked was it was good to see Nicholas Lindhurst, you know, breaking breaking the Rodney Trotter mould, you know, standing on his well, own he also two feet. Did, um, yeah, he also did the, the Piglet Files. Yeah, but the, I mean, my f- and uh, Peter Van Hook, the music for that. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite part of it is he gets home from work, and he cracks a tinny. He does. There he is, there a is... Heineken. He's wearing a suit three times too big there for is... it. I mean, let's, that's that is a little bit strange. Nicholas Lindhurst cracking um, it, a tinny. It's it's such a incongruous thing to see. Well, it, no, it's not. Gary Sparrow used to do exactly the same. Yeah, thing. and I didn't believe it any more than I believe well, no, this. It's, you know, like I say, they're the same character. Well, I mean, 
as much as anything, Nicholas Lindhurst's head is actually narrower than a can of Heineken. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is that I I didn't I didn't even find out what his character's name was. So, as far as I'm concerned, he is Sparry Garrow. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, as really is as simple as that. It's, uh, they're one and the same. And the, the thing know. that is going to... Maybe this was his first marriage before Goodnight Sweetheart. Maybe. Maybe he separates, yeah. uh, separates from whatever her name is. I like it, yeah. I like and, the idea. Uh, changes it changes his name by D-Pod to Gary's Way. Perhaps he's still married but, to well, her. Well, maybe, perhaps maybe. Perhaps he's getting the old bigamy on with Yvonne as well. Well, maybe, I mean... Double, and then it, and then he's got his double time-travelling bigamy on top of maybe that. Maybe Nicholas Lindhurst is not an actor at all and we're just seeing his life. And he's, you know... I don't know. He's cheating on Cassandra with um, Elaine and then he cheats on Elaine with... All, all yeah, oh no, because no, I think I think he's a notably different character. Yeah, in Only Fools and Horses. I should hope so. Yeah. Credit where it's due. It's just these two, the, these two that I'm that I'm interested in because there's a, you know, if this is the last series in 1990, when did um, Good Night Sweetheart start? 93? Uh, 93, I think 93, yeah. 94. So there's a three, there's a three year gap, mm. and in that time. He could have got married to Yvonne. Yep. Murdered Elaine. Yep. Or just divorced her. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that you uh, probably you went probably went, went straight to, went straight to that. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all troubling. Um, but you know he could have he could have um, divorced Elaine, changed his name by deed poll for reasons that are never adequately explained, and got married to Yvonne. Wow. That in in itself, actually, committing committing adult uh, committing adultery like that, or you know, committing bigamy, um, you'd say that it would make sense for him to use a false name. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, he doesn't have to worry about a false name during the Second World War because no. you know it's nineteen forty five rather than nineteen ninety three, but. If he's got these two families already, he's a, so you know, it's conceivable. Yeah. I think um, Shag Marry Kill Nicholas Lindhurst edition could be a major game going forward. <laughs> Shag Marry Kill Nicholas Lindhurst edition. It's going it's to have a limited shelf life. That that board game. Isn't yeah, it? I don't really think that anything is going to live with me. Just think about how long the first half of it. Yeah, was. it just wafted. It just it's wafted. Weird. Wafted past. I, I think if I ever find a mobile phone, this episode will come back to me as hopefully a step by step guide as to what not to do to eventually be prosecuted for mobile phone theft, deception, and aiding and abetting a car theft ring yeah 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 i mean you know if they're if he doesn't call them at this point <laughs> he is definitely accessory oh absolutely definitely. definitely and that angers me because it's so phenomenally stupid and entirely of his own making it makes you wonder how they've managed to survive through their lives to this point yeah 
people who are stupid enough to make this sort of life decision don't, as a rule, you know, not make this sort of stupid life decision to this point. True enough. Yeah? Yeah. There's been a, what I'm basically saying is there's been a point in the past when they've both been addicted to heroin. Yeah. Right, well, I think the two, the, the <laughs> two of us brackets on Skag. Yeah. That, I think that that's probably that's a neat summary. Well, that's it for that. Jesus Christ. Um tomorrow open door. Yes. Uh two episodes of it stamped together. Uh and um yeah, it's quite a thing. It's quite it's a quite piece a, of work. Quite a, thing. quite a piece of work. So uh, we'll back. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with all of that. Thanks very much for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>